OM3 fans, we are so psyched for this. As you know, WNBA All-Star and our friend Sabrina Unescu is launching her very first signature shoe as a Nike signature athlete. And look, not to brag, but they sent me a pair and they are awesome. The Sabrina One is a do-it-all shoe engineered and designed for all hoopers. Seriously, they are so cool looking. They're available on Nike.com and at select Nike stores. Welcome to the Old Men of Three with J.J. Redick and Tommy Alter. This is a special bonus episode. This bonus episode of the Old Man of Three is brought to you by Nike. As we shine a spotlight on the top WNBA players to watch heading into the WNBA playoffs, and we are joined by the fellas from the Dunker Spot, part of 342 Productions, Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones. Uh, you guys cover the WNBA extensively on your podcast, on Twitter, on other platforms. So really appreciate you guys joining us for this special WNBA playoff preview. Uh, how are we doing, fellas? Uh, I'm feeling good, feeling great. Nikias, how are you? I am also doing well. Also doing well. All right, let's get right into it. Um, we have a couple games left in the regular season as of this recording. Uh, but as of right now, I mean, it's been pretty clear if you follow the WNBA this year that the uh, defending champion Las Vegas Aces and the revamped New York Liberty have been the two best teams uh, in the league this year. Um, and we're going to get to uh, two of their star players, Asia Wilson Wilson for the Las Vegas Aces and Brianna Stewart for the New York Liberty. But I wanted to sort of start with some of the ancillary pieces on these two teams. Uh, let's start with the Aces. Which player or players do you guys see uh, needing to sort of elevate their game if the Vegas uh, Aces are, are going to repeat? I can take this one first. If we're going in non-star division, since obviously Asia is tremendous, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray also tremendous, Jackie Young tremendous. If we're leaving the stars off the table for a bit, I think Kia Stokes is going to be a really big piece, especially since Candace Parker has been out for a while now uh, with the foot injury. I think what she brings defensively, her ability to protect the rim, defend post players, also, her ability to switch and play higher up the floor when necessary, that's been very valuable to Aces defense that, even after some post-All-Star break slippage, still ranks number one in the WNBA in defensive rating. And so they are going to need her to hold her defensively, but also find some kind of utility, consistent utility, rather, offensively, whether it's as a screener, as a handoff partner. Um, she has experimented with taking some corner threes this season. That's kind of been up and down. But if she's able to find a consistent role offensively, her defensive impact is going to be Tremendous for this Aces team, and I think that helps the Aces' chances. I hate to be boring, but if we're talking playoffs, I have to start with Chelsea Gray because she is the game starter, the game ender. Do not forget that 2022 playoff run, one for the ages. You average 21 points a game, seven assists a game, shoot 61% from the field and 54 from three. <laughs> it's a little different. And as good as the Aces are, once you arrive to the point where Chelsea Gray has said enough of this, it becomes even tougher. Uh, to balance that out, the versatility of Alicia Clark is going to be huge to balance their lineups out. The defense and shooting that she brings, I think, also elevates what the Aces can do. So it's going to be very fun to watch this unfair team continue to do things <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. First of all, uh, Chelsea Gray, former Duke star, have to mention that. Um, <laughs> have to mention it. You know, we're everywhere. Uh, the Dukies are everywhere. Um, you know, I, I talked... Uh, towards the end of last season, uh, re last regular season, and a bunch during the, the playoffs about this concept of the Alfred. And I, look, I don't know that it necessarily apl applies across the board in all sports, but 
in the NBA, we talk a lot about Batmans and Robins, and I made the case that in the playoffs, the Alfreds are ultimately what's going to help you win a championship. We saw that with the Denver Nuggets, right? Aaron Gordon is not a star. Um, I think what's interesting about the Liberty and the Aces is they have a ton of stars. It's not one or two, right? It's literally all these players could be A1 or A2 on any team in the league, and each of these teams have four or five of them. And, and that's what makes has made this regular season for both these teams uh, so dominant. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Kelsey Plum because I think I think backcourt. You know, we talked about Chelsea Gray. She's you know a scorer, obviously proved that last year in the playoffs. Uh, also a playmaker, uh, but Kelsey Plum and her shooting and what that does uh, for the Las Vegas Aces. I think it's been very valuable. I think a lot of the talking earlier in the year was, "Hey, what's going on with Kelsey's shot?" As the three ball wasn't falling early in the year which kind of undersold everything else that she was doing. Like, this has been the best driving season of her career. This has been, from my view, her words, Becky Hammond's words, the best offensive season of her career as well, which she was able to do in terms of pressuring the ball, fighting a little bit more on those switches and rotating out of that when necessary. It's just been a really good season for her overall. And now the shooting has come back. So just to bounce off of your original question, the shooting is very, very, very valuable. And she's seen more aggressive coverages because of what she's been able to do as a pull-up shooter over the last couple of years. And so as she's gotten trapped a little bit more, her improvement as a playmaker, her improvement as a driver has become even more important for this Aces team. And you look at some of the on-off stuff for the Aces, you would think Asia would just blow everyone away. You look at what the on-off numbers are for the Aces, but Kelsey Plum has kind of been the one player, statistically at least, that the Aces haven't been able to blow teams out of the water without because of how important she has been as a shooter and a driver. And just to bounce off Nakaisa's point real quick, the shooting, the scoring, the playmaking really pops off. It's the drives for me that makes it even tougher. As she continues to improve the drive, I believe she's finishing at about 68% in the restricted area this year. That becomes a really untenable combination. And again, you point to an ace. This is kind of tough. It makes it difficult, especially in a playoff setting. Yeah. Kelsey, up to just under 39% from three and averaging a shade under five assists per game. Um, let's move on to the Liberty. Um, cause I do want to spend some time talking about Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson in a second. Um, but sort of the, the, the same idea, um, for the, for the non-star, let's start there for the non-stars on the Liberty. Uh, which players do you see, uh, having the ability to impact a series and, and impact a deep playoff run? Well, I mean, the Liberty have built their boat out of movement. The defensive rotations and activity have been huge. So I would point to Benijah Laney, for the New York Liberty, as far as her ability to defend multiple positions, her ability to post up and the way they can play out of that. If she's a threat and you look at the other players, the quote unquote stars on that team, now you have to defend them moving off ball. I think it's very important. The defense of Kayla Thornton also. And then Maureen Johannes, her ability to come off the bench and make magic happen in very quick, sudden, impactful moments. That's a real that's a real game changer. Well, all of a sudden you look up, she's hit two or three threes real quick, and now the passing opens up and it gets really fun. Well, I uh, I don't know who's left at this point. You know, you named Benaja, you got <laughs> Kayla Thornton, you got Marine Goddess, uh, you know, Stephanie Dolson back up five. Uh, <laughs> they extend the big rotation back out. There was a big injury stretch where the Liberty had to kind of limit their rotation. It was basically John Quell or Brianna Stewart at the five. So Stephanie Dolson's ability to screen, her ability to pop, especially when she's aggressive, the screening ability is going to be important. If she holds up enough defensively, that allows some of those star bigs to get a little bit more rest. You can maintain your connectivity on both ends of the floor. 
Uh, this was very intentional by Steve, but you know, it, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Just, just take all the talking points. I love it. You know, you, you bring up, you bring up the movement, uh, Steve. And uh, right before we we left Brooklyn for the summer, uh, I took my kids to a Liberty game uh, against Dallas, and they, they're such a fun basketball team to watch because of that movement, both on and off the ball. Um, and Johannes, in particular, like the game I was at. I mean, she just comes in the game and launches. And when I think about the playoffs, right? And the value of three-point shooting in basketball, uh, she she in particular is is a is a player that I could see really swinging a basketball game. Um, the other player I wanted to talk about was uh, obviously New York Liberty got a ton of headlines uh, in the offseason uh, by adding Stewart and and John Quill Jones, and I want to talk about John Quill Jones in this season. Uh, you know, she was an MVP two years ago. Uh, production down, minutes down. Uh, how would you sort of assess her regular season, her fit on this team, um, but also like her value in the playoffs? Oh, Nikai, I thought you were going to jump on that one. Oh, no, I, you are <laughs> you are Liberty man. I just wanted to make sure you had a, <laughs> you had first dibs. I would say she's kind of been a bellwether for this team. They brought her along slowly in the beginning of the year. She was recovering from an offseason injury. And so as they worked her in, that would help explain uh, some of the minute load stuff they had on the minutes restriction early on. And she was very figuratively and literally trying to find her footing on both ends of the floor. Um, as the Liberty were trying to establish that movement as a base, it's John Quill post-ups and trying to figure out, okay, where do we want her to get the ball? How often do we want her to get the ball? Defensively, as this team leaned, uh, kind of leaned into more switching, how well can John Quill hold up on the perimeter? And as she got healthier, and you kind of saw this during, you know, the stretch where the Aces and the Liberty played 17 times in a row is what it felt like. You kind of saw peak John Quell is I can switch on the Chelsea Gray and hold my own. I can play if the, if the Aces want to empty a side, go empty corner, pick and roll where they've destroyed teams all year. No, actually, I can come up to the level and be fine. Come up to the level, take away the ball handler, get back, and you have nothing. And her ability to do that, also clean the defensive glass, be a monster on the offensive glass, and then also mix in the floor spacing elements and stuff. It's all the shades of the MVP stuff without the actual MVP workload and the fact that the Liberty can drop down, you know, those John Quell possessions on top of everything else they do to steal Steve's words. It's unfair when they have it clicking like that. I was going to bounce off real quick her ability to rotate defensively and you have a defense where Stewart or John Quell is able to cover and help at the rim changes the math. And then those nights where, as Nikias mentioned, the post-ups are there, the usage is there, we can't switch everything. It just helps to elevate the Liberty to another level. Every time that she has it going, they look like a different team. She's a WNBA all-star. She's a Nike signature athlete. And she's a fellow New Yorker. I'm talking about New York Liberty star Sabrina Unescu. Nike and Sabrina just launched her very first signature shoe, the Sabrina One, and I'm so excited for you guys to see these things. They're a do-it-all shoe engineered for the next generation of Hooper. I was lucky enough to be sent a pair, and I have to say, they're super comfortable and versatile. Plus, they look incredible. Sabrina put some personal touches into the design that really make them unique. I have to say, they are a fantastic all-around basketball sneaker, and I know, I've worn lots of sneakers. And this shoe is not just built for UNESCO, but for all who love the game, all hoopers. I can't wait to test them out on the court, but I'll probably need to stretch first because, well, I'm old. So trust me, do yourself a favor, go check them out. They're available on Nike.com and at select Nike stores. Go cop a pair of the Sabrina Ones. 
the other player I wanted to mention was Sabrina uh, Inescu and her her shooting, right? She's at 44% on almost eight attempts uh, per game. You guys keep using the word when you talk about these two teams, unfair. Um, <laughs> and I think when you when you add a Rihanna Stewart, when you add John Quill Jones, and then Sabrina has the season she's had shooting the basketball. Um, when we talk about these two teams specifically, like, is this inevitable that we're going to see these teams in the finals? I, I need to see how the brackets break uh, before I get too inevitable. I will say there's a very, very, very high likelihood because as we, I'm sure we'll talk about the Connecticut Sun a little bit later, but some of the offensive ceiling questions for the Sun, um, a team that can play dark horse who just recently clinched the playoff spot is the Washington Mystics. If they can get healthy, their defense is insane, but they also have like some offensive ceiling questions as well. It's a pretty, it's a relatively safe bet or a safer bet than usual. I would say that it's going to be Aces Liberty, but we also felt like we were getting Ace of Sky last year and the Connecticut Sun said absolutely not. So I never want to go to a full guarantee, but it's looking like that is where it's going to be. Also, just a very quick point, JJ, you brought up the ball movement. I was just looking it up. Uh, the Liberty do currently have the highest uh, team assist rate in WNBA history right now, assisting on nearly 75% of their baskets, which is there's ball movement and then there's whatever the heck that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is, it is wild, but yeah, Wait, it, it it's seems at 75%. It's yeah. It's insane. 74.9. If we're being te- super technical about it, but yeah, that's, that's incredible. I mean, so I, 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 off the top of my head here, I know that, you know, the years I was with Philly, especially that first year, we were trying to be like the warriors as many passes as possible. And I think our assist, percentage was somewhere between 63 and 65 and we were right near the top of the league and I think that's generally speaking what the Warriors are at so to be at 75 percent that's just I'm providing a little bit of context here that's absolutely ridiculous but that was <laughs> look when, when I was at the game and I you know I, I've watched some games since my my son ever since we went to the game he just he wants to literally watch WNBA every time it's on which is awesome for me and that's the biggest takeaway is like the ball movement And one of the other takeaways, and I said this on the podcast after I had gone to the game, um, was how seamlessly Brianna Stewart fits into anything you want to do offensively, right? That's, that's what stands out. Obviously she's skilled and she rebounds and she blocks shots, all that stuff. But it's like, do you want to play slow? Do you want to play pick and roll? Do you want to play off ball movement? Do you want to play fast in transition? Great. She can do it all. And that the fit on this team has been so seamless. She had 40 points last night. She's up to, I think, t- uh, second in the league in scoring um, behind Jewel Lloyd. And I- I've just, I've been impressed with just the season she's had. She's lived up to the billing with her and Asia Wilson. You guys have more of a historical knowledge of, of the WNBA, but they've both had some historical performances this year. Um, are these two seasons from these two players as we head into players, are these two of the best or the best seasons in WNBA history in the regular season? Um, they are two of the best, yes. And just to bounce quickly off of your uh, Brianna Stewart point, her versatility and her ability to kind of shapeshift has popped even more this year just because of how the Liberty had to work to fit everyone in. Again, bringing John Quell along slow, uh, more slowly. Courtney Vandersloot missed the preseason as she was dealing with injury and working her in. So Stewie has had to, you know, the scheme stuff naturally. She can play on or off the ball. But, like, her role is also kind of fluctuated. And Steve and I were joking about it early in the year where it just turns into Sandy Brunell saying, hey, Stewie, can you save us? 
And she can just take out, all right, the next eight possessions of this Brianna Stewart do stuff, and she does a lot in the Liberty win. And so now that we've seen post-All-Star break, everyone's gotten healthier, uh, more cohesion. Now you're getting to see more of Stu can just flow on or off the ball. And it's a lot more. She doesn't have to do everything. But there are also the Knights against, I guess, every time she faces the Fever, uh, the Lynx game where she just blew things open through three quarters, the 40-point game against Dallas last night where she can ramp it up. It's been nice to see that she hasn't had to to that degree as we had post-All-Star break. I think just to bounce off that and to address the entire season and everything that's happened with the race, it's been such a good year. I don't think we've seen a better season from Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, Alyssa Thomas, who I know we're going to get to. Every night, they bring it. Every single night. Asia Wilson, in a span of two weeks, had a 40-point game with no three-pointers and then also tied the WNBA single-game scoring record with 53. <laughs> I think Brianna Stewart added, I think, set the most record for most 40-point games in the season and then added another one. So I believe she has three 40-point, 10-rebound games this year. And then if you talk about Alyssa Thomas every night, it's, hey, triple-double history. No one else has done this before. I think I just think it's been such a massive thing that they've brought to the table every night on both ends of the floor. It's been so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we move on from the Aces and Liberty, uh, you guys may have covered this uh, recently or you're going to cover it on your own podcast, The Dunker Spot. Who is your pick for the MVP of the WNBA this year? Everyone played hard. Oh, uh, no. I, I, I <laughs> lean Asia right now. It's kind of hard to beat a literal career year from her while anchoring the best offense in the league, which is percentage points away from being the best offense in WNBA history in terms of offense rating. And also the best defense in the league. And she's having, again, it's, it's been, she somehow built off of a defensive player of the year season last year. Earlier in the year, I was like, ah, she feels a little bit less impactful than she was last year. Post-All-Star break, she's just blowing all that out the water. And like, you can see it with the blocks, but just the scheme versatility that she has and what she's able to unlock for the aces. It's hard to beat that. And like some of the on-off stuff still favors her very slightly over Brianna Stewart. Uh, the Aces win their minutes by more with Asia on the floor versus Brianna Stewart on the floor with the Liberty. Like, stuff like that can help win on the margins for the MVP case. So I lean Asia, but I don't think there's a bad choice between these top three. As of right now, I go Stewie. I just don't know if the Liberty are going are able to hit these this level of high notes without what she does on both ends of the floor. She makes it work at a different level to me. All right, I appreciate that, guys. Way to go out on a limb. I appreciate you guys, <laughs> really. You guys, really... Asia Wilson, by the way, quick note on her averaging career high. You mentioned some advanced stats, averaging, averaging a career high in points, rebounds, and blocks this year. Um, let's move on to the Connecticut Sun. Uh, they seem like probably the most likely contender to uh, upset the Aces or the Liberty for the WNBA championship. They're at 26-12 and 12 right now in a solid third place uh, in the league. Um, you guys mentioned Alyssa Thomas, and we'll talk about her in a second, and she may be the answer to this question, but I want to go back to something that Nakai said about their offense having a ceiling. Is there a player in particular in the playoffs that you see that could have a, a huge impact in sort of raising that ceiling offensively? I got you. Uh, I get, My basic answer is insert guard here, because I think that's really where you see some of the inconsistency with this Connecticut team. If I had to name one, I think what Tiffany Hayes can bring, if she's really firing on all cylinders, her rim pressure, very important. And if she's able to blend that plus the free throw attempts with the jumper going down as well, there aren't many guards, even at this stage of her career, there aren't many guards that can just deal with her. 
And I think Connecticut having someone in the half court they can go to say, okay, we can get our head down and get something easy or generate something for someone else. She has the, when she's firing on all cylinders, I think she has the best chance at doing that on this team and breaking down defenses in that way in the half court. So I, I guess Tiffany Hayes would probably be my play, my single player answer. Uh, if I had to pick a player, I'm going Dewana Bonner because of her ability to make shots and that shot making can take your scheme or the slower offense and take and throw it right over the top rope. Uh, not just the deep threes, the drives are more intentional. They're going to need that level of scoring to balance some of the things out in the playoffs. I like the Dewana Bonner comment, by the way. Um, so Alyssa, yeah, I'd like, I just liked it. I like the answer more than your answer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm so I'm, I'm partial to, I'm partial to people that, that shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. I just believe in shooting being the thing that unlocks everything offensively. You know, it's the base. It's the base of everything. Um, Alyssa Thomas, you guys mentioned uh, having an amazing season. Uh, shade under 10 rebounds, 15 points a game, over eight assists. Um, her ability to uh, play make for this team, and we saw that last year in the playoffs. What, what, what do you think uh, her sort of ceiling is in the playoffs? Let's get back to that ceiling question. because I want Her ceiling as a playmaker, as teams sort of get into different schemes in a series? I think it's still very high because if all else fails, she could just drop the shoulder or the elbow into your chest and get a shot at the rim. And you mentioned the rebounding. She's also very good at following up her own misses. So even if she doesn't have the push shot going or a shot at the rim going, she could just generate extra opportunities and then play make out of that if necessary. So I think it's still relatively high. I will say, like, you know, to your earlier comment, like the inability for her to space I am curious to see, depending on what the matchup is, can they sit on some of the off-ball stuff that Connecticut wants to get to? Because they've been more intentional with doing more off-ball things, but also doing those off-ball things with pace. And if a team can kind of sit on some of their pet sets and force Alyssa Thomas to be a scorer, like we've seen multiple 20-point games for her, but that isn't what she wants to do. She wants to get everyone else involved and kind of take things over the top with timely buckets versus having the average 25 a game or something like that. So I think it's still pretty high, but I would keep an eye on certain matchups against Connecticut. Uh, I think the the different ways that Connecticut uses Alyssa Thomas, whether it's dribble handoffs, whether it's post-ups, her attacks and transition, her physicality makes it tough. But to tie it into Nikias' point, it becomes more of a concern about the guard play because now you put Alyssa Thomas in scenarios where you have to score and also make these plays, and we feel comfortable with our ability to defend that. And so for Connecticut, it's going to be getting over the hump to where now we have more impactful plays from AT. And we're also making you pay if you do show help or you play off. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Dallas, Minnesota, and Washington, who clinched a playoff spot uh, last night, uh, all in the playoffs. And Atlanta, Chicago, and L.A. vying for the last two spots. I'm going to give you each a chance as we wrap up here. Give me one player uh, outside of the top three teams uh, that you're most excited to watch in the playoffs this season. Let me, I guess while we're on Washington, let me give Brittany Sykes some love because she is having... It, almost inarguably the best season of her career right now. Um, cert- will almost certainly make the all-defense first team for what she does as a perimeter defender, an off-ball playmaker, someone that can provide some secondary protection from the guard spot, which is pretty rare, but she does it at a high level. But offensively, the drives have hit, the way she's been able to push and transition, career best season as a shooter, which has been very important. And that was one of the things that made me question the signing heading into the year. It's like, I know Brittany Sykes is very good, before a Washington team that already has spacing concerns, what is it going to look like with her on this team? 
just responded with shooting the leather off the ball, particularly post-All-Star break. So you add all that together, I'm very excited to see how much of that carries over into the postseason. I'm going to cheat. Okay. Nafisa Collier and Arike Ungubuale do not be surprised if they win or change a playoff series for their teams. Good picks. I think those are great picks. Uh, Guys, we appreciate the time. And again, this bonus episode of The Old Man of the Three is brought to you by Nike. Uh, Speaking of Nike, Sabrina Unescu just launched her Nike signature shoe, the Sabrina Ones. Uh, You can get them on Nike.com or at select Nike stores. Guys, do you have you got the Sabrinas yet? Because I I have two pairs of them. They're phenomenal. I have not got them yet, but I I have not yet, but they look tremendous. They're they're sick. They're great. (laughs) All right. Uh, This has been another episode of the Old Man of the Three with J.J. Redick and Tommy Alter. But today, again, joined by the Dunker Spot guys, Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones. Thank you, fellas. WNBA playoffs start next week.